Today's scripture reading is from Matthew 13, 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls, and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. So says the word of the Lord. So today we are truly blessed to um, have our toddler ministry pastor speaking to us and delivering our message. Um, He's also our church's missions pastor and also serves as the assistant pastor uh, in the KM uh, ministry. Um, I know that he loves sports. Uh, He's really, really good at soccer, volleyball, um, table tennis. I've seen him bowl really well. That foot tennis thing, he's got it down. Um, he probably does a ton of other things that are really, he's really good at, but that's, um, he's too uh, humble to tell everybody he's good at everything. But So let's uh, all welcome uh, Pastor Yhan. Thank you. just want to thank you. And it's my privilege to be here. It's my honor to be here with you and sharing God's word. So uh, this summer, all the educational pastors have been preaching at various times, right? So you've been exposed to all of us. And we have chosen different topics and different text passages about the parables of Jesus Christ. And I was asked to preach one of them. And here I am. Uh, This morning, we are going to be looking at two of the shortest parables of Jesus. And here we see two men, and two times, two places, and where we see the word found. And they found something extremely valuable. So they are giving up everything to buy that treasure. And Jesus is talking about the treasure. What is the treasure that Jesus is talking about here? It is the kingdom of heaven. By the way, Jesus talks about kingdom of heaven everywhere. It's everywhere in the gospel. You know, as soon as Jesus was baptized, right, by John the Baptist, he preached his first sermon. He said this, the time has come and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. And also, Matthew chapter 5 to 7, his Sermon on the Mount, you know, the central message of the Sermon on the Mount is the kingdom of God. You think about Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come. And even in Acts, after his resurrection, his disciples came to him and, and asked this question, Lord, are you at this time are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So kingdom of God is everywhere. And in order to understand kingdom of God, you have to go to John chapter 3, where Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and asked this question. Lord, teacher, how can we enter the kingdom of God? 
How can we inherit the kingdom of heaven? How can we have eternal life? And Jesus said this. It's something amazing, astonishing. Jesus said, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Born again, what do you mean by born again? Right? So kingdom of God and born again, they go together. They go together. And so just keep in mind that. And here we have Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is basically talking about how to enter the kingdom of God, how to be born again. What are the signs, what are the marks of being in the kingdom of heaven? And he teaches us three things. First, both of these men understand the value of the treasure. The first key is to understand the value of the treasure. You know, to get the treasure, right? The treasure is the kingdom of heaven. The secondly... Their attitude has completely changed when they found the treasure. And lastly, then how can you and I can get this treasure? Right? So first, understanding the value of the treasure. Look at verse 44 again. If you have a slide, verse 44. Can Can you read it together? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Which a man found and hid it again. You look, at, look at there. Which a man found and hid it again. Why did he do that? Because he, he understands the value of the treasure. So that no one may find it. And next slide. Verse 46. Verse 46. Yes. Let's read it together again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls and upon finding one pearl of great value. You see the word value, right? They understand the value of the treasure. That's the key, right? Both of these men see extreme value. Other people looking at the same thing, they don't see. They have the insight, right? They understand something of value and beauty is there the other people miss? Unless you know the, the value of the treasure, why would you give up everything to buy the treasure, right? So you have to understand the value. What is your treasure? What is the most important thing in your life? Whatever that is, you will pay any price for it. There's a place where Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, he says this, listen, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which means everyone at the center of their hearts has something treasure. Right? It means you look at something and say, if I have this, if I have that, everything is worth it. Right? And you'll do anything to get it. One of my favorite movies and books is The Lord of the Rings. Next slide. Have you, have you, have you read it? Have you watched it, movie? Yeah, many of you. I know, I know. Don't pretend that you never watched that. <laughs> uh, it's all about a special ring, right? Special ring. And whoever owns it, say, precious. My precious. Whoever gets the ring, you know, and comes under its power and beauty and, and say, my precious, right? And, and, you know, in the book, there is a place where 
Gollum, right, happened to kill his friends because of the ring. They, want, they both want the ring, and they fight against it. He happened to kill his friend. And then right after killing his friend, he said this, looking at the you know, ring, and my precious, my precious. He was actually Smeagol. He turned into Gollum because in order to keep this precious, he became monster. What is your precious? What is your treasure? We live in a culture and place and world where our dreams are dominated by materialism, individualism, self-esteem, self-achievement, self-sufficiency, right? So many of us, we treasure, we value success, right? You will achieve by any means, you achieve success by any means, whatever it takes, in your school, in your business, in your career, whatever that is. Right? And one of my favorite NBA basketball players, Kevin Durant, many of you play basketball, so you know this guy, right? And he played for Oklahoma Thunders for many years, but he failed to get championships. He really wanted the championship. I need that. I have to have this championship. So he decided to join the Golden State Warriors in 2016, right? And then in 2017, his dream came true. He got his first championship. And also, he won NBA Finals MVP, right? right? And then he spent part of summer after the championship working with uh, Steve Nash, who was a uh, former NBA all-star and also Golden State Warrior consultant, he, he was stuck by Durant, Kevin Durant's despondency. He said this, listen carefully. This is what Steve Nash said. He didn't have a great summer. He was searching for what it all meant. He thought a championship would change everything and found out it doesn't, found out it doesn't. He was not fulfilled. Did you just hear that? He was not fulfilled. He got his championship 2017, 2018, and now he left Golden State. He's, he joined the Brooklyn Nets. We'll see what he's gonna do there. Uh, anyway, success will not give you ultimate satisfaction. You try. I don't want you to waste your time, but success will not bring you ultimate joy and happiness. And some of you treasure money more than anything else. To some extent, money is a way of getting significance, and money is a getting off way of getting security, right? So I read a news article yesterday. Uh, one of the top five reasons that people are moving to Houston is that it's possible to buy a house on a modest income. You don't, you don't have to make a million, you don't have to be millionaire to buy a house. In Houston, you can buy a house, right? That's the, that's the top five reasons people are moving into Houston. And, and I was surprised to see this as well. We live in the 21st century and 71% of Americans still, their dream, number one dream is to buy a house for security, right? If you have money, you can buy a house. 
let me ask you a question. Here is a job. Listen carefully. That satisfies you, right? And that fits your gifts and talents. But the problem is that it's going to pay you $3,000. Let me see. $3,000, too, too little. $30,000 a year. Let's say that. But here's another job that isn't very fulfilling, that doesn't fit your gifts and talents, but you can do it. You can do it. And it's going to make you $300,000 a year, 10 times more income. Which job are you going to take? $300,000. 10 times more money you can make when you take the second job, right? The second one. And because money is so important to us, right? So you make a choice based on how much money you make. That's your priority. That, what that means is that, that money is your treasure. Money is your precious. But the problem is that in a long run, you get you know, less productive, burn out faster, right? That's not fulfilling. That doesn't satisfy you. You have more and more problems. And some of you want to please your parents, want to make your parents happy, whether you agree or not, whether you admit or not. You, as a Korean American, heavily have been heavily influenced by the Korean culture and the Confucian culture, which emphasize on saving face of your family and saving face of your parents and brothers and sisters. So saving face of your parents and your family is the most important thing to you. And you do whatever they, they like it. You do whatever they ask you to do. You don't think about your talents. You don't think about huh, your gifts. They say, you need to go to this school. You need to get this job. Even though you don't like it, you do it. Because you, that makes your parents happy. I'm not saying money, of course money is important. Money, is, we need money. We need success, career. We need to please, we need to honor actually, you know, fifth commandment, honor your parents. But, but then, when you make that your first priority, then it comes problem. Then it's going to be a problem. Because that's your treasure. Everybody has something they treasure. It might be money, it might be career, it might be reputation, it might be power, glory, recognition, popularity, whatever that is. And that's your treasure. You're looking at it. I must have this. I must have that. Then everything is worth it. Here's a test. If you want to know what you really treasure, then look at where you spend your time, where you spend your money, Test yourself. And we have here two men who found the treasure and they sold everything they had to get the treasure, the ultimate treasure, the kingdom of heaven. Right? Both men understood that treasure was more important than anything else. Once they found the treasure, they go and sell everything they have in order to get the treasure. 
Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, 19. He says this, Do not store up for yourselves a treasure on earth, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, because treasure in heaven, which will give you ultimate joy, ultimate happiness. So first key is to understand the value. All right? Are you with me? All right, second. Your attitude utterly changes when you find the treasure. Two things here. First, joy. Second, everything. So inside and outside. Look at verse 44 again. Verse 44. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then, in his joy, I, I lead the NIV, NASV, let's read. From joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You see the word? Right? Joy. I've seen many, many Christians. I've met many, many Christian counseling. And they obey. They keep Ten Commandments. They obey God's word. Because if they break the, these commandments, God might punish them. They're afraid of God's punishment. So they, they're afraid of, oh my gosh, I broke Sixth commandment. I broke tenth commandment. And they are afraid of God's punishment. And they keep it. They're eager to keep it. It's called a fear-based religion. It's filled with the burdensomeness. You're trying so hard to please God in order to keep those commandments. But there's no joy in it. No joy at all. But you don't obey God out of fear. You don't obey God out of duty. You obey God because of joy that God has given you. And verse 44, he went with joy to sell everything he had. He didn't go and sell everything because he was afraid, because of his duty. Because he had to? No. With joy. From joy. And the joy, Jesus used this word as in Greek, kara. And Jesus used the same exact word in John chapter 17. And he said to his disciples, I'm going to give you joy. Joy is available. But this joy, you can stand up to anything, persecution, loneliness, even death cannot take away this joy. Because this joy, what Jesus is talking about, look at the context. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. This joy is not temporary joy. This joy is eternal joy. Ultimate joy God is giving you. The same word Jesus used, kara, joy. And Christianity is not something about reformation. It's not a little change of your behavior, but it's all about transformation. Right? It's, a Christian is not somebody who reads a little more of a Bible, who gets a little more biblical. You used to come to once a year. 
used to come to church once a year, but now, like, oh, I go to church every Sunday. I go to, you know, Wednesday service, morning prayer. That's, that's, not, that's not what Christianity is about. And Christianity is in every aspect of your life. Right? You're completely a new man. That's why Jesus is talking about new man, born again Christian, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. In order to have eternal life, you must be born again. So if you are a Christian, true Christian, born again Christian, authentic Christian, you sense there's been a change in your essence. Not just your behavior, not just your desire, but your essence. Everything has changed. So that's my second point. Everything changed. Inside, joy in it. And then outside, they actually go and sell everything. People talk about Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And they don't think like it. They don't act like it. They don't speak like it. Then you don't believe Jesus. Even, even though you say Jesus is my Lord, Savior, my King, my God. But you don't think like it. You don't act like it. You don't speak like it. Then you don't believe in Jesus. There's got to be change. And they, when they found the treasure, they actually went and sold everything they had to get that treasure, the kingdom of heaven, new life. So it's a radical change. So look at verse 44 again. Sold, they sell, and ASV I'm reading. All that he has and buys that field. Probably the first parable, he's not a rich guy. So she, he actually had to sell everything to get this field. But second guy, look at the second parable. This, this merchant, he's a rich guy. Look at verse 44, next slide. I don't have it. Yeah. Look at this kingdom of heaven is treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, first, yeah, merchant looking for fine pearls. He's not a poor man. He's a rich guy. He had to sell everything. His house, his car, his, his bank account will be empty in order to get that treasure. But he, they did it. They actually sold everything they had. Right? And David Platt, in his book, Radical, chapter 6, he talks about how much is enough. And he says this, Christ will change our desires and we will long to sacrifice our resources for the glory of his name. It means not just behavior changes, not just your desires, but even your dreams change in your essence. With joy you are, and from joy you are longing to lose everything for the sake of Jesus Christ. That's what it means. Right? And imagine you are dying of a disease and I came and say, I have some medicine that will cure you. Right? This is the only medicine that will cure you. But here's the problem. You have to sell your car. You have to sell your house. But this is going to empty your bank account? Would you do that? What did you say? Right? Are you going to do that? And 
well, your house, your car, your bank account, you know, balance, important. Yeah, you need to have money to go to college. You need to have money to buy, take care of your family, your children. But think about it. You're dying of a disease. The only medicine you can get is from me. But it's expensive. But you think about it. All of a sudden, what good are they if I don't get this medicine? You lose your life. Right? right? All of a sudden, everything has just changed. Everything, your attitude, your mind and your soul, your thoughts, has been just changed. When you understand, when you have the treasure, real treasure. And if the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven is real to you and real in you, it will completely change your life top to bottom and inside out joy and sell everything and in every way. So you begin to say, nothing is more important than Jesus Christ. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to lose everything for Jesus. Here in these two parables, literally, they sold everything they had. It doesn't really matter because they found better, ultimate treasure. And with joy, they sold everything they had to get this treasure. Because even though it costs everything to get it, it pays you. It gives you reward. Much more than every and you can ever imagine, right? It pays far more than you can ever imagine because that's the kingdom of heaven. That's your ultimate treasure. So lastly, the how can you and I, how can you get that treasure? At first, when you read these two parables, right, it seems that they are the ones who understand the value of the treasure, it seems that they are the ones who actually go and sell everything they had, right? But, but, these are not the ways in which you enter the kingdom of heaven. These are the marks and signs of being born again. These are the signs of being in the kingdom of heaven. Then you begin to see, you begin to understand the treasure in heaven. That's because the kingdom of heaven is not something you achieve, but it is something you are given. It is given to you. What do I mean by that? Look at the gospel. God sent his greatest, his greatest precious son, treasure, Jesus Christ, to earth. Right? God in Jesus. He had ultimate security. He had a glory, he had a power, beauty, but God in Jesus became a flesh. He came to earth and he became weak. He became poor. And he even take the cross. Why did he do that? And on the cross he say, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" He couldn't call his father, "Father." He said, my God, my God, there's only one place that 
Jesus called his father, my God, my God, because he lost his sonship. He lost everything. He said, my God, my God, why did he do that? Because he died for something he treasured. Jesus has looked at you, you and me, and say, if I have you, if I can get you, even going to the cross will be worth it. That's why he took the cross for us, on behalf of us. And not out of a, you know, fear, but out of joy. He lost all he had in order to get you and me, because you are his treasure, right? And Isaiah 51, 11, it says, after he has suffered, Isaiah talks about the Messiah will come, Messiah is Jesus Christ, he has suffered and he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Did you just hear that? Be satisfied with joy, from joy. Jesus came and sell everything to at you because you are his treasure. You are his treasure, ultimate treasure. He's willing to sacrifice everything, even his life. When you see him doing that for you, when you see him dying on the cross for you, on behalf of you, then you can lose your little security. You can lose your little money, your talent, even you can surrender your dreams and wills for the sake of Jesus Christ. When you see him doing that, when you understand the grace of God, how you are saved, how you are forgiven, when you see him doing that, all that for you, and how he treasures you, how he cares about you, then you will be able to sacrifice, you will be able to give everything for his sake. My brothers and sisters, uh, what is your treasure? What is your treasure? Yes, yes, it is important to go to a prominent school, right? Your mom say, oh, you got to go to UT, you got to go to like Ivy League. Okay, that's good. I'm going to a good school, it's good. I'm not saying that, you know, Pastor Hyun say, oh, don't go to good school. You know, <laughs> don't say that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying when you make that your ultimate treasure, then it becomes your idol. Right? That's not going to give you ultimate joy and happiness. Right? And if you already made a good school, praise God for that. Right? Right? Praise God. And, and maybe some of you barely made a community college and you feel depressed. My gosh, I couldn't even make, you know, Texas A&M. What, what, what else? Houston, what, what, what school? UH, what else? Here, H, what's called the place? Houston University, what do you call? H? HCC, yes, HCC. Right, you feel depressed. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go to school. And everyone looking at me, which, which school are you going to? I'm going to go to HCC. You don't feel depressed. It doesn't define who you are. It doesn't define the, your identity. 
Because God said, you are my treasure. Whether you go to good school or bad, bad school, I'm, 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 you, whether you make a lot of money, whether you make a little money, right? whether you are young and poor, whether you are smart and not so smart, that doesn't change your identity. That doesn't change who you are in Christ. Because God said, I pay everything to get you. Because you are my treasure. And the only way to truly satisfy you, make you happy, is to treasure Jesus, our Lord and Savior. When you make him your treasure, that will make you happy. That will give you satisfaction. Eternal life, eternal satisfaction. Because he is your ultimate treasure. So make Jesus your treasure. Make him your supreme value because he made you his ultimate joy and happiness and treasure. Let's pray. Father, I have no doubt that you are here in our midst and everyone else has, has a special gift to serve your ministry and your kingdom. Father, I pray, pray that you bless these brothers and sisters in Christ. They may be able to understand that God sent his precious, his precious for us and die on the cross for our sins and he conquered sin, death, Satan so that we may be free from anything and they may be able to make you our ultimate treasure. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.